Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on the Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to the second week of the Video Video Games, Volume 2, where I'm talking about genres. And on this episode, I'm talking about role-playing games. And I have a special, special guest. I'm so happy that I met this guy that he's the host of the DNA uh, DualShock uh, podcast. Uh he is amazing at games. His collection is bunkers. I, and I just, I get jealous when I see it because I respect him so much. Like, if I could just, if I, if I could just be in his presence, I'll probably pass out. He's like the Shigeru Miyamoto of gaming to me <laughs> right now. Everybody. <laughs> oh, make me blush. <laughs> everybody, please welcome Adam McGill, a.k.a. Fallen Little Angel. Hello, Adam. Hey, and how you doing? Thanks for that nice intro. Oh, you are welcome. You are welcome. Um, on this episode, uh, Adam and me, I think we just like like to nerd out about role playing games. I have a lot of friends who love it, but Adam's collection of role playing games is is phenomenal. You and you guys have to tune into the DNA Dual Shock, which you can check on uh, the Digital Nurse Advocate YouTube page, or check out um, the Digital Nurse Advocate uh, community page on Facebook. And and just see his collection is is amazing, um, but yeah, thank you again, Adam. Well, thank you for having me. Much appreciated. So let's get into the video of role playing games. Why do you think we love role playing games, or why do you love role playing games? Uh, I like role playing games mostly just because the I want that epic story. I want to see that hero overcome the odds and and that journey and where you know he's nobody or usually he's nobody or she's nobody yes and um they save the world and it's that journey and that music that's usually you know usually epic with the game yeah. and and it's usually just you know just 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 well just winning mostly it's it's, it's really the story i mean you just if most of the time, they're, some of them can be very similar, but uh, but you just as soon as you get a few hours in, it's like no, you know, you feel like you're the main character and you're on this journey the whole way. And I, mm-hmm. I'd say mostly the story mechanics me is is second nature, and, and that's why there's so many different mechanics in different games. But uh, I'd say the story is number one for me uh, personally. Yeah, with me too. It's the story. It's um. It's just going through the question, sometimes finding out what's happening next. Uh, because you, for some reason, when it comes to role playing games with me, I want to do good. I don't like doing bad stuff. Like I respect Mass Effect. I, I love that as an RPG. Um, but it hurts me when I have to do evil stuff. You know, there's right. just something about doing something good that makes you kind of feel re- like very moral. Like you kind of see what your morals are now. And pa- I know the whole the whole paladin, uh, the paladin. Uh, yeah, I can't do no no bad. Yeah. Yes. Now I, I would do some evil to get uh, to see what actually happens if I do it that way, and sometimes give an achievement or a trophy or whatever. But, like, really with role-playing games, definitely for me, like, it's the story. It's going on that quest. Um, you know, if I'm going to lo- love these characters and their background, like, how human and how relatable they can be. Of course, the music. Um, a lot of the times, it's sometimes it's just a side quest. 
and getting the extra weapons and just getting powerful to just like like run do people. There's something sometimes about numbers with me, and it's like mm-hmm. like when you when I see a goal that I need to get to, then I'd be like, okay, now it's time for me to grind uh, in this game. And and grinding for a lot of people is one of the big things about role playing games that you stay in the area and you continue to fight monsters over and over to build up your levels and build up your uh, side characters levels um, to the point where you're making enough money to buy new equipment or uh, make up your own new equipment and then you go um, to, uh, to the quest like the progress. Uh, and, that's, uh, and that's the thing it almost seems like that's fading away even though I didn't mind it. I mean that was just the point not the point, but that is you expected that in a role playing game. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can reference. Well, I mean, you can take go way back. The original Final Fantasy, you had to level a, a bit, but I'm just thinking the PlayStation One for sure. A game called Beyond the Beyond. Oh, goodness. and <laughs> if you didn't grind in that game, you you were punished basically. Oh. Uh, that was a very tough role playing game. Um. That that's and that to me it's like you uh, and that's and that's the element I, I, I find that gets missed sometimes in some role playing games. It's like I like taking on certain enemies and they're because of their attributes or the way the fight goes or even the way they look, you know. Um, even if they're cartoon, it doesn't matter what graphic it is, cartoony, whatever. Um, yeah, to me it's just like and then and those are the ones you like going, hey, I want a t shirt of that one, you know. Because mm-hmm. I like the way it looked, but uh, and even it, it could be a fifteen-hour, twenty-hour role-playing game. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, it still can can have those elements to uh, to it. But uh, yeah, I always find the grinding element is is almost safe to at the end if you want to beat end boss. Well, sorry, optional bosses. Yes. But not to level through the story. There's last few of them I've haven't had to do that, which hasn't bothered me, but. Uh, they're usually not as tough as they used to be, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you. Um, for me, it's I, I need that grinding because it's just like, you know, you, and you, when you said beyond the beyond, I almost threw up in my in my throat because <laughs> it's, it's hard and it's a basic RPG. But the way they start you off with this character that is poison and for like maybe half of the quest, you uh you gotta try to get something to get rid of his poison because you can't get rid of rid of it. And I've never experienced that in an RPG. My thing was just like when I get my side characters, build them up, like get them stronger. Um, you know, switch them up when I can. And when I got that one character, and he looks like he looks really strong, that he's gonna be a strong character, and he stuck poison with you. It's just like. Like, do I spend my antidote? I mean, do I continue to heal him, or do I just let him die? Right. Like, and right. it, it, it's become it, uh, the PlayStation One area of which we'll we'll definitely get to later on in the show because there's so many great RPGs, but there's so many that are literally uh, W2L, WTLs and like complete and utter garbage. Um. Yeah, like even there. Well, I mean, I played earlier on uh, RPGs before that, um, 
and even ones back then that I can remember were punishing um, games like um, <laughs> the Seventh Saga oh, on Super Nintendo. Yes, uh, and Brain Lord is another one um, for Super Nintendo. I thought were probably two punishing role-playing games that required uh, not your typical uh, just pressing the button, button mashing, and completing the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so forth, but uh, but that that genre, well, Super Nintendo had so many great, great role playing games. Yes. Um, but I almost seem to like the odd ones too. Like uh, I can think of Robo Trek and Ogre Battle. Um, yeah. You know, Illusion of Gaia, or Eevee. Uh, was it? No, Paladin's Quest. I think it was called Paladin's Quest. Um, I think so. Yeah, yeah, Palace Quest. But then you also then you also have the epic ones like Lufia two and Lufia and, and uh to me which I are amazing games. I uh, never got to them. I could I it, there was no rental place, there was no store, I've never got to Lufia. Um I'm trying to think of another one that was not Yeah, Palace Quest was it was probably more difficult. Not difficult, but it was just more challenging, but uh but then you know certain elements of the games brought in different uh, puzzles and stuff, and mm-hmm. and I like I like when games do that. You know, not 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 just your typical, you know, go through a map and and kill a bunch of enemies. Um, you have that puzzle element that I liked uh, when they implement that in video games. Because um, you know it it throws a little curveball. You know, get stuck and then you know. Sometimes it forces you to go back and actually, like, instead of just hitting X on a text or uh-huh. whatever, you just go back and read it. But then you're like, oh, when I go through another room, all the enemies have respawned. Uh, now I'm going to kill them all again just to read that text. Uh-huh. Um, so back then, I remember, like, sometimes you had to write stuff down um, just to, to help you with the game. Because there's no really internet back then. Right. <laughs> when those games come out, but you, you, uh, you literally had to. If they offer a a, um, a strategy guide that you could buy, you had oh, that the Nintendo choice. Power, yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's uh, true. That's true. Because uh, GamePro used to do a lot of strategies, uh, but they only used to do it on particular games, and they didn't really have many RPG uh, strategy guides. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like playing the old sixteen-bit uh, RPG, you had to figure everything out yourself. Uh, and let's see, I think I know definitely for me, the only two strategy guys I brought, like role-playing game-wise, was Secret of Mana and the Legend of Zero or no Ocarina of Time. Uh, uh, that's later on. That's N64. But Secret of Mana was the only RPG book that I brought for any RPG that I played on the Super Nintendo. Because I, I got lost. Um, I Like, I got in, lost. In Zelda? No, oh. in the uh, in Secret of Mana. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had beat a boss, and I had to go somewhere else, and it didn't tell me. And I'm just like, where in the world is this thing at? So I actually bought the book, found, it, found out where it was, and it literally was, like, at the end of the game. And I was just like, oh, this is a mess. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Illusion of Gaia, I played just for a little bit, and I like it. Um, I wish I dedicated more time to it. Uh, 
So, um, well, let's talk about genre versus mechanics. Um, why games of today use the systems but aren't RPGs? So, what I mean by that is that uh, something like Borderlands, it used a role-playing uh, genre, uh, gimmick of, or mechanic of, of grinding. So, when you grind up, get experience points, you get uh, go to a next level. The thing about it is that it's not considered as a role-playing game because you don't really go through dungeons and find, like, an ultimate weapon to help you with puzzles or stuff like that. There, There is missions and quests in it, but it's not a straight story. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like you don't go from town to town to town buying new equipment and stuff. Only thing that you could really buy is guns. Uh, you could buy some add-on things, but... Uh, the main purpose of it is being a first-person shooter. It's not being like you're in a uh, act-of-time battle. So if you think Final Fantasy III uh, here in America, that's an act-of-time battle where you get into the enemy, wait for your energy line or a fight line to go up, and then you attack or make a decision. Um, right. Uh, why do you think uh, games nowadays are using Or uh, There's actually a lot of games that use the RPG mechanic uh, of grinding. It's- it's quite a popular, uh, it's almost like becoming the norm, um, the mechanic now in in all genres, not just uh, shooters or anything like that. Um, and, and I believe there's kind of two pieces of that. One, it, 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 it makes you, you know, play more. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, it's that whole uh, lottery type thing, or um, and um, what, do, what do you call it? Um, what's it they throw into games now um, to get you to to buy stuff uh, in game, like almost like in game purchases in a way. Like it's the way you just you invest in your character more. The currency, uh, and, yeah, the currency. Yeah. So it, it's it's. Like it's literally like in everything now. Like uh, everything that has a character has either a level progression in the class or the hero itself, yes, or the weapons that he or she uses. Um, and and I believe that they're being used that way is for the purpose of storytelling too, right? Like it's not just uh, and, and the reason being like games are shorter or now longer but uh and visually it's a way to kind of show and like oh man this is cool um but yeah especially like you know yeah i'd say mostly it's used just to level like i could take recent games like the division or destiny where you get to level 20 level 30 um you know when you go from one to 30 that you will not be the same character you won't have the same skill sets yeah uh, and so forth. So it's a way of progressing the character and the story at the same time. If you build that mechanic around the story itself, uh, which many games do, um, but it, it's pretty much in everything now. And it's almost like the mechanic of that's, I don't know what year it came in, but you referenced, um, Mass Effect, but uh, with the guys at Bioware, where they really they brought in the the act of choice, yes, in in, in games, 
uh, not just role playing. Now it, it now it happens in, in a few other genres now where um, if you make this choice, it will have this outcome, and that's another way of changing the story and the evolution of your character. Um, probably thanks to <laughs> the role playing genre itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I mean, there's and and I and I, I feel like the role playing genre has kind of taken a few things from the other side too, and especially with open combat uh, role playing games, uh, not just your straight straight up up and down turn base uh, or uh, you know, and even games like the Tail series where you're moving around doing attacks and stuff yes. like that. It's just like. Well, that's not typical role playing. <laughs> role playing is just you do an action and you, you, you know, and so forth, and it goes in uh, goes in order. Um, so it's it's almost kind of weird to say that we do have these separate genres, but some of them, these games that come out these days, it's hard to put put them in a category because they have uh, you know different elements to them. Well, uh, it, it looks like like. You know, games like let's just say Devil May Cry, um, they see that more as an action game because you do because the fighting in the game you do combos and combos. Yeah, you know, you're rewarded with currency of like bloodstones or whatever, and you use those bloodstones to buy new abilities or uh, or or strengthen them. And you don't normally get that in a role playing game. Like if you get if you get currency. Uh, if you buy a spell, you can't strengthen that little old spell. You have to buy another spell that's in that same frame but has a different name. That's the only way it, you'll have a stronger, uh, a stronger spell. Or and there's are some role playing games that when you have a spell, you use it at a certain amount of time. It'll change it to something different. Um, like the Tales games, uh, I think Tales of Symphonia, that you know when you continue to use a certain spell. Uh, with like with genus, uh, it'll mm-hmm. level up uh into like uh a, a, a it'll level up into that same um element, but it'll be something different. Like he has like a whirlwind one, um, and like when you match him with a different gem or something, and you could say just use it at a certain time when the certain uses are up uh or meets a, a requirement or something, it'll go to like a bigger whirlwind. Um, and you could use that for better combos and uh, better uh, damage like that. But the Tales games has always been a role-playing game because of the story, of the characters that you get. I think when you use other other genres um, with the gameplay mechanics, you don't get side characters. So even, even something like The Division can't really be considered as a role-playing game because you don't meet side characters that help you uh, that our computer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that our computer uh, control or AI control, and they don't help you throughout the whole game. Like you could play the division uh, as like, as one person, as a single player, and like you said earlier, going you know going from level one to level thirty, you're not the same. Uh, in role playing games, you could go up to level ninety nine, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes uh with that i won't say that it won't break it or anything but you know a lot of people wonder how do you get the nine 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 in like in your energy 
Like, and you can't really do that in like an action game or a uh, first-person shooter, or you can't even do it in a sports game. And some sports games use a role-playing game mechanic, which is weird. Or you basically become like a god, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, because uh, uh. I, I've never got to the, uh, I never got that high. And I always wanted to. Like, the highest I ever got to, I think, in a role-playing game was uh, Tales of Symphonia was level 78. Yeah, I think I think for myself, too, like, probably at least, I don't know where, I think, yeah, I think Sisteria was 80, or 7980. Um, Symphonia, I think I was pretty high, too, like, and I wrecked the last boss versus <laughs> Sisteria, but... Uh, um, just because I had the max weapons. Um, uh, yeah, versus Saphonia, like, uh, sorry, versus Sateria, where I didn't, I just, I completed it, like, where in Saphonia, I, 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 I kind of maxed out, and then, and then I completed the game. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I guess you do live it, like, it's the, uh, what do you call it, it's the, the joy of, yeah, that's I guess going back to the original point. Like it's a joy of 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 fighting enemies, right? Like the right. combat. It, it's not just like you know, uh, you kill a few enemies, move on, uh, which I don't mind. Uh, but I also don't mind grinding because I I can remember back in the day, like <laughs> as much as I heard the music over and over again, I used to just crank on my C. Well, back in the day, my CD player with a CD, <laughs> and uh, you know, you're not alone. Like, oh. You know, and uh, I would grind for like, oh, I think I'm gonna go out this evening. No, I'll do an hour of grinding first before I go out, and I just, you know, listen to some tunes and fight some enemies, and then yeah, I come back to it later. Can, um, can, it can was I, was very uncom- uncommon to do that. Can I say this? Rock music is always the best to grind to, and it's always best I've never heard of. Like, like I would go uh, just find a random rock CD. Um, laying around in my house and I'm like I remember purchasing it but I just don't remember uh, listening to it right away so I'll just put it in and listen to it and grind and just be like goodness this this album goes with this game so perfectly and I don't know why uh, at least well I'm not that old well I don't feel that old but uh, it was the Black Album by Metallica. It was probably my most common album at that time. Uh, <laughs> yes. And, and, and Justice, just because of what I used to listen to. I still listen to that stuff. But um, but those were very common CDs that uh, I listened to at the time, um, playing that type of... Not so on the Super Nintendo. It was more just uh, listening to music. Um, but I also like... You know, your non-typical, like, evolution uh, uh, of the character. And I can think of a game called um, Evo or EVO. Yeah. Uh, to Ian, where, you know, like, I like, you know, it's by, well, it's by Enix. Um, and, like, the evolution of the character where, like, yeah, you start off as a fish, you know, and the game takes off from there where you, like, you know... You know, you become creatures later on. You grow. Uh, you gain experience by eating fish, and and the point of that game too is like you have to eat a lot of fish in order to gain enough experience to get to that skill. Yeah. Uh, not skill, sorry. To uh, to develop uh, part of your body to move on, and you'd literally go back to the other scene and go eat some more fish, and then move on, come back, eat some more fish, 
Um, and that's what I liked about that game because it was so different than your typical. And that wasn't a lot of story, but it had that RPG element that that I, that I loved. Yeah. Uh, man, I remember that game, but it's been so long since I played it. Oh goodness! But it's not my favorite on the on the Super Nintendo. Like Soul Blazer is my favorite on the um, uh, on the Super Nintendo, and that's a top down um, action style role playing game. Yeah, like uh, Nintendo came up with their Illusion of Gaia afterwards. Um, <sighs> but uh, still a good game. But I, I prefer Soul Blazer. Soul Blazer. Uh, uh, but I, I almost like that because I liked. You know, you had, you had the bosses and the, and the music and, and and the skills too in that game. And uh, if it can hook you in there, uh, it's 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 great. It's almost that, um, not breather, but I can relate to this too. And I don't get, I don't know, it's hooked as many people like people that play this Demon Souls or Dark Souls series where they like to be punished, uh-huh. but then. When you beat that boss or you bring down that enemy, it's just like, yeah, like it's epic. You know, it's like it took you a day or a few hours or second try. It doesn't matter. It's still epic. And uh, I find that gets lost in in a lot of other genres, um, especially in, for me, like when I play shooters, there's nothing epic about the gameplay of winning the final battle i've never had one i don't think i can relate to one uh, i can say i've enjoyed the epic story mm-hmm. uh and i can relate to that with killzone because i've actually enjoyed like the ending to killzone 2 i thought was awesome yeah um, really good but uh but i i've never had that in a shooter where i was just like oh was, you know the fight seemed epic you know i, I don't i can't relate to that okay I, I don't have a story for that but Man, that uh, kills on two. That kills on two fight was was kind of long, but it was good though. Yeah, I like the. I like the. I really like the ending in that one. It would. It. Uh, not saying the three was bad. I'm just saying two's ending was just. Uh, it's so good uh, to that series, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it goes back to the original thing. It's just like you, something. It just feels so epic and. Even just beating Soteria there uh, recently, and, and you know people watch, uh, watching my stream there, it's just like, you know, you're at the end there, and you're, you're going up to the your finals. You know it's your final save spot before you head up the stairs because the music changes. Yeah, and you know, and you know it. And as soon as it starts, and then like it, the music just gets better and more epic, and then it's just like, oh, it's just so good. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't get that with many other genres where. You know, you've been playing this game for 60 hours, and you're just like, finally, it's going to be over, but it's been awesome. It uh, cannot say that role-playing games are the only genres that I make two saves. Like, I like I would make one save for, for my main one, and then my second save in case something happens, and I just want to do something different. Like, all right. Like, that's that only happens in RPGs. It never happens in any other games. Other games, I'll just be like, overwrite, it didn't go on. Right, right. Now, um, I do want to take a side, because I didn't ask you, I didn't put this in our notes, but I kind of want to ask you about this, about role-playing games. What is it about religion that is, like, part of almost, it feels like part of almost every role game uh, RPG. Like, there's something about religion that 
that I don't know if it's mystical or mystified something supernatural or it's a or it's a story plot device. Like, what is it about? Like, when the religion is made up or not? What is it about it that makes some role playing games? Uh, it's I guess it's well, depending what type of role playing game you play, it's it's something to tie down or for those characters to look up to, right? Um, like religion or some god or some being or entity that protects what's going on or someone around the character itself um, that's carrying on the story. But uh, it is quite common that either religion or a lot of spirituality uh, comes into, into play and it's very common that, you know, a tree spirit... It's very common, yeah. In a lot, in a lot of role playing games, um, that's all. Tales. But, um, <laughs> uh, but it's it's uh, it's. I think it's just it, it's it's believing in something. Uh, it doesn't matter what it is or what they tell the, the religion or story around. It, it, it's not just them, who they are. There's there is. It almost like talks about like. It that life or what the game that you're playing through is that's not it, you know. There is some afterlife or there is some higher uh, god or place, but I think it's just a way to tie the characters to a story, really, and and easily what good is, you know. Evil is usually <laughs> from the depths below, <laughs> uh, and, you know. And I think it, I think it works. Um, not exactly. You, you don't need it, but it's just. I can't think of many that kind of drive it. Um, like it was just like the last game, like I beat Tales of Terry, where the seraph, the seraphims are pretty much spirits, um, and, and they're they are gods because they don't die, um, and they and they, you know, they. You know, they they live on, and and some people that can see them, but just because they're living on and, and that great wonderful life, they still have to see the pain of watching the other side die because they can't, right? So, yeah. um, it almost makes you wonder, you know, would I love to see a story on that side of the fence of a role playing game where you are the the god and you're going through many lives. Um, that would be interesting, I think. But, um, but yeah, it goes back to like companionship, and and this is why you fall in love with these characters on that sixty-hour, seventy-hour journey. Um, and spoiler, I can't. Well, I don't know if it's spoiler. You should know at this point. But like anyone that nostalgia, I don't know if they play it now. But if you played Final Fantasy VII when uh, when they killed off Eris. In, in that game, you were just like, what just happened? Yeah. One of my favorite healers, <laughs> one of my favorite healers or characters in the group is now gone. Um, I guess we could take a little touch of that too, where like, not many games do this, uh, but well, they'll take one of your, you know, favorite characters or one you might've fell in love with and they just take them out of the game. They're gone. And you're like, What? 
<laughs> and some people get really upset about that. Yeah, oh, they uh, really got upset about that. And then they were trying to make a code for it and say, you can get Eris back in the game. But like, no, when her death was uh, integral for the story. For the story. That's right. You know. Uh, and you know, actually, their um, fan- Fantasy Star 2 did that also. At the end of the game, um, and spoiler alert also for that, when you get to the, uh, uh, when you beat the last boss and you're uh, on the ship and you're, um, like, in, in credits before it happened, your whole cast commits suicide to save the world. Like, they sacrifice their whole, well, not suicide, they sacrifice their whole lives to save the world at the end of that game. Yeah, I like that. I was um, going to talk about the ending to Soteria, but I don't want to because you haven't peed again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know um, uh, it happened in Secret of Mana also. Uh, oh, the, that's true. That's right. That's uh, right. The sprite uh, sacrifices his life. Um, and we could probably oh, speak a little bit about that. Uh, characters oh. sacrificing their lives for the story or for, uh, you know, to save everybody, like save humanity or the world. Um, you just mentioned Final Fantasy VII, uh, Eris, like, that was huge, because you, I think people just didn't play enough RPGs, but because Final Fantasy VII was very cinematic in its storytelling, you would, you would never think that a person like Eris would get killed, and, um, there is a story that, that they said they had, they actually, when it came to that point, they had to make a choice of who actually to kill off because they was going to kill off uh, Eris or they was going to kill off Tifa. And uh, I, th- I think they made the right choice. It's the yeah. right choice. Uh, and she just died too quickly, though, for me. Uh, uh, well, I mean, like, yeah, I just, to me, it was just epic because you, it also built the, and it's still referenced to this day, uh, you know, the great, you know, yin yang, um, duo of, of, uh, Cloud and Sephiroth. Like, yes. it's still like t shirts galore, whatever. And, and it's like, am I supposed to like a bad guy? But I like the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then to that I guess is this is what I like sometimes like they do in some games and this happens to Steria and I won't tell you why um, where just because the person's a bad guy in, in the game there's a reason why he's the bad guy and the story uh, changes that on you and, and in the end you end up feeling like sorry for the bad guy because if he didn't either didn't have a choice or something was cast upon him or whatever um you know, but meanwhile, you've gone all that journey of trying to kill someone, and then it's like, what do you mean you're not going to take care of him? Which, uh, you know what? It's almost like the end of Tales of Graces F, um, uh, where uh, the actually the main bad guy, the enemy that you're really trying to go after and stop, uh, the main characters, uh, the main character, because uh, you haven't played Graces F, right? No, yeah. Okay, so I I'll get I to it. I'll get to it at some point. Okay, so I can't really just like the hysteria, I can't really I might it. I might forget. I might forget. <laughs> you want to talk uh, uh one of the things that happened to the main character is that um 
he kind of shows a side of humanity and for something to like that that actually happens in it he has to kind of like open himself up to show this humanity to him and then i'm just gonna stop right there because uh, you have to play the game to figure out what he does um Right, but so uh, I gotta, I gotta, you tell me I gotta play that now. <laughs> yes, Grace, you would love Tales of Grace's F. You you really will love it. If you can catch it up on sale, it might even be cheap on PSN, like a digital copy. I um, do own it for PS3. Oh, yeah, then pop it in. Yeah, give it a give it a go. I think you would like it. I I would say that um you might get addicted by uh uh by the special moves in here. Because uh, there's a list of different special moves, and um, you got to get a certain number of points to get it completed to keep those special moves. And once you do it, you can switch out to something else. But it keeps adding so much that uh, that the game could turn into almost about 150 hours of just grinding to get that wow. whole thing completed for everybody, for all your characters. So right. it it really is long. That's why when I get into Tales of Zestaria some more, I'm I'm definitely gonna be like, I I need to play this probably after. I I just need to set around, set some time off, and go on vacation to play this game. <laughs> so I um, uh, yeah, I was doing yeah uh, like what three or well three or four hour sessions, and they say I did eighteen parts to it. So <laughs> oh yes. If every, uh, everybody, please go to uh, Fallen Little Angel um, on YouTube. Yeah, on YouTube, yeah. Oh, okay. It's all one word, correct? Yeah, or both. You'll find it, yeah. Okay. All one word. Um, go to uh, Fallen Little Angel's YouTube page and watch his streams, his uh, his recording. His tells us a stereo one. You'll hear a little bit of me uh, with my uh, with some of my comments. But like it's a, he does a phenomenal job, and I kind of had to stop watching because I he just by him owning the game, talking about the game, and me seeing the stream of him playing, I'm just like I have to have this game, and I went up and got my own copy. Uh, That's such a, such a good game. Uh, never disappointed in a Tales game. I haven't had one yet, so. Um, uh, let me ask you: How do you feel about uh, race and role playing games? Not so much gender because. Um, there's always a female, a male, or uh, or some kind of animal, or something you know, like a little monster or something that's helping you. But how do you feel about race in a RPG? Does it does it really matter, or are you surprised that something something like Final Fantasy twelve feels diverse, or even Final Fantasy seven feels a little bit diverse with its characters? Um, I or, guess I don't really have, and I don't really have any opinion on it. Really, like it doesn't um, played so many where it's, um, especially if you play a lot of JRPGs. You, you know, it's not your. It's almost like I wouldn't say it's not typical, but it's a very common theme that's being used for all characters at that age. But I'm trying to think of role playing games recently in this generation or this that have anything outside of white and uh, well, like on JRPGs but I, I don't really see that like in Final Fantasy 7 you have a mix of everything comes to pets and yes. 
and black and white uh, and so forth like that. But I don't, it's not a common, it isn't a common theme, theme I would say, in, in role-playing games. But do you feel like something like Mass Effect, um, when, you, when you could create your character, it opens up all you, your main character being a certain race that you want them to be? Like, uh, does that feel good? Uh, no, I, I, that doesn't do. And when I've seen it used, it's usually the stats or the choice that you made at the beginning mm-hmm. based on, on race is, is meaningless when you get to the end or a few hours into the game. Um, but I almost kind of treat that as, you know, they're treating it as, as a race, but they're also treating it as uh, a class. Okay. Or a class, a class with skill, right? Yeah. Um, like or class, sorry, class with stats in a way of Dungeons and Dra- uh, Dungeons and Dragons would. Um, but I, I will say we don't see a lot of um, black heroes in role playing games uh, or Chinese or Chinese or anything like that because JRPGs almost look like. They're all white, anyways. Right. Uh, they have a special style drawing, but uh, yeah, I, you know, there's good, correct, good point, good reference to FF7. I never kind of thought about that. With um, it, it did feel like, yeah, like diversity, like it was a mix, uh, not just you know white heroes uh, with different hair colors saving the world. Um, you know, I think I think that kind of added as a Especially when I think of Barrett, I think he was a pretty cool character with the big gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also like sometimes. I mean, that's just the way it is. Sometimes even the bad stereotypes. It's like, oh, they gotta have a cigar in their mouth and they gotta talk, you know, a certain way. But uh, if, if it's not offensive into the story, I, I don't mind it. Okay. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think it's a, it's it it is treated as as a huge deal but when it is used in certain games i think it's more related to class okay. than anything else because I, uh, I i know when it comes to like favorite care having favorite characters and stuff like that and i wrote, kind of wrote a blog about this which is like race really doesn't matter uh, and i'm kind of in the same boat like you like race doesn't matter to me it's the characters and their like background where they came from how how they react to certain things you know like if they're going to be good or be betrayal like i think there's just so much other stuff that goes on within the character that race is so minor to me like it really doesn't it, it doesn't make a difference like i love this character because of sometimes this art design or sometimes how this character is changing and evolving throughout the game like stuff like that like means more to me great Okay. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's yeah, I agree with you too. Like it's it's especially in the RPG genre, it means nothing. Uh, a lot of it's driven by depending on the style of the game, class, uh, depending on what game you're playing these days, or just that's the hero that you're going to be. There is no choice. It's, yes. Um, but I do like in some games where you know y- you. And I kind of think of early, I think Dragon Age 1 especially, where you could have not picked up or picked up certain characters on the way. 
you know, like um, where your party could have consisted of, you know, three or four people. But if you made this other choice, you would have got this other character. And the outcome and choices of your game have now changed. Uh, I like when that happens. Um, oh, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, especially like, uh, Morgan or thinking of the first uh, Dragon Age game where, yeah, like, you know, you could have a healer right away or you could have a healer a few hours later in the game based on your choice. So I do like, I do like when games do that. Okay, cool. Now we come to the portion, uh, the debate of the Legend of Zelda. And really what this debate is about is, is the Legend of Zelda a role-playing game or not? And uh, if you check on the DigitalNerdAdvocates.com, um, I have wrote a blog about this of why I think it it is and will always be a role-playing game. Um, for me, um, because of growing up in the NES days, uh, that was considered as a role-playing game. I know a lot of people want to co- consider it as an adventure game, but adventure games were something like... Uh, uh, was like you just make a choice or you type in something or you solve like a puzzle like a point and click adventure that was adventure games to me where I feel like The Legend of Zelda uh, you you visit a dungeon there was a story you did quests um, and, and the hearts that you get were your uh, were like your leveling up system and when you got the, your new weapons that was like the progression for you to get stronger in the game. So it wasn't a typical run into a random battle and fight kind of uh, RPG. But I felt like it was an action uh, RPG. What about you, uh, Adam? Yeah, that's a good point that you made at the end where, you know, your your role-playing game doesn't really have to have uh, walk four steps, walk five steps, and fight an enemy. Um, I, I remember the games they brought over to the West before they brought over certain uh, like Final Fantasy uh, Mystic Quest. Um, it's a very simple game, but you saw your enemies on the screen. You knew that enemy was blocking your path from moving forward. Um, but that didn't change how you felt about the game. Uh, so to me, it's okay when you see your enemies on the map and there's uh, and there's a many role-playing games out there where uh, even the Tales series, where you know, if you don't want to fight anything, you can you can sneak around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you know, uh, you know, and you know, they add the element of sneaking up uh, or you know, uh, or getting attacked by them first. Um, but to me, Zelda is is a role playing game. Um, but I, I would say it's it is an action style role-playing game. Yes. Almost in a way of playing games way back when Soul Blazer is the same way. Um, it's that style, but it's still a role-playing, but it is... And, and the game's... The game has changed. It's not the same. You can't compare one to the other. Like, if you take Wake Back When over top-down... You know, to yak for sure. It's a role playing game, but I almost see like the GameCube sixty four one being more open uh, action style than anything else. But then uh, you come to now, where the new one's coming out, Breath of the Wild, and 
it's the first time I would say it, it's an open world uh, role playing game for Zelda, but now he has these other elements of camping and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's always been a role playing game. It's just a different style of role playing game. But uh, there's more free. Well, can, I, can I can I can I say the story is amazing in Legend of Zelda? No. It's not. <laughs> well, it's a very, it's a very simple story. It's not, very not, simple, not, yeah. not knocking it for, for that, but it, it's extremely. Uh, if I if I take like epic stories and, and role playing games, uh, it to me I don't think it's known for its story. It's known for its gameplay, right? Uh, and mostly with the Legend of Zelda, and I'm just talking about the first one, like the NES one. That, and, and I agree with you. I not, like the second one. I like the second one. Too. Yeah, this oh the second one. Yeah, that's that one is really a RPG if you look at it. Well, it's, it's it. I like the because uh, I like the music too. But even it was it was well, it was, it was more challenging. Oh, that uh, game is super hard. Uh, but I, I do remember beating it. Uh, oh, I just wanted to just oh, I'm in royalty right now. <laughs> but oh, I mean, but I, it's just I, you know you have that music in your head that. Yeah, like it's just, it's so good. Um, yes, but even when you're trying to avoid enemies, there there's glitches in that game too for that. Um, but yeah, I still consider it a role playing game. But it's you can't really say uh, RPGs are all the same because they're not. Um, most common thing is they usually seem to have a good story and good character. It's usually a common theme between all role playing games, and you have your hero. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's a it's it's it's, it's to me it's, it, it, it to me it, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird to talk when you're talking about Zelda is like it's 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 almost a fact it's always the same game, uh-huh. but it's just it's just being retold either they're different not different timeline or different graphic. <laughs> yeah, game. and, and I can... it, it, to, to me you got to say like. Like you know, like and that's kind of thing. I, I, I and I don't know the full story, and I know there's something to do with. Uh, there is more to the story in Zelda, uh, but it almost kind of makes you wish that there was more of a story of the adventure. Mm-hmm. Like maybe you're going, you know, like, and then like you know, stuff got referenced. Two part one or part two or wherever, um, you know, like you know, even like if take um, what happened with uh, Final Fantasy thirteen when it was three parts. Yes. Um, you know, and I know you said because it's just Nintendo and it, it takes them a long time to get the game out the door, and I completely understand that. But I think it would be pretty cool if you actually got a a two part or a three part adventure. Um. Or even like to get a game, I could be wrong, but to get a game where, you know, Ganon was not the last guy, you know. Well, I think um, A Link to the Past and uh, A Link Between Worlds, those two collide back to back. Because A Link Between Between Worlds is supposed to be the sequel to A Link to the Past. Um, So I think that's probably the only continuation that I could think of. for for the Legend of Zelda stories, but I see what you mean. I like yeah. uh, like if there was a game that ended, you know, a story that ended 
but there was another game that connect right to it. Uh, like it was a sequel or a side quest game or something like that. Um, yeah. Because I, you really can't say that for Wind Waker. You can't say that for Phantom Hourglass because Phantom Hourglass and even um, Spirit Tracks, they use the Wind Waker art style, but they're not part of the Wind Waker uh, uh, world. Well, I think uh, maybe Phantom Hourglass might be. Uh, but I'm not guaranteed on that because it's been long since I played those games. Uh, but there's like not a new story connecting Sue Windbreaker and stuff like that. Like, uh, but yeah, like Final Fantasy 13, uh, those three games kind of tell one whole story. Uh, even Final Fantasy 10 and X2 kind of tell a whole story. Like those two are connected. Uh, yeah. Timeline. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like, a. and part of me feels like, you know, yeah. Like if you, if you had a, a teenager, young uh, Link, and near the end you had that older Link. Uh, I think that would be epic too. But uh, but if you played any Zelda game to this point, you've probably played many. And if you're a fan, they're very common on how things play out. Yes. Uh, and that's not knocking it. That's just what works and what people love. And that's what makes Zelda. Um, but then there's parts of me that get uh, well, kind of well, not mad or anything like that, but like I think it was linked to the past on the Super Nintendo. Um, I think Bosman makes this point too on Easy Allies, um, where you're fighting all the enemies, and and right at the end. You fight Ganon. You don't even know Ganon is right till the end, um, and then you just drop down and, and you, the fight just starts. To me, like you've been fighting this whole game. Like to me, there should be some epic dialogue or build up. Like I was saying, walking up to the stairs, um, dropping down in and fighting, uh-huh. kind of killed, kind of killed the game right there and there. Um, but I can take certain parts of the story where. Lifting the sword out of the uh, out of the stone uh, as being epic, a uh, part of the story. But it, to me, it will always be a role playing game. People can argue what I want, but it's very. And I'm going to say this: I think it's a very simple, very simple role playing game. Not I'm not saying it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but if I think of Zelda, I, I don't, I don't think I'm getting into a challenge of a role playing game, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Um, and, and that one but, is more. Uh, it, 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 it's just for fun, right? Like it's yeah, and and it's more like even if Zelda had a story to it, you completely forget about the story because you're so into doing the dungeons, doing cool things with the uh with the new weapons that you get. Like there's other stuff that you talk about and focus on, and the story is just really just there. Like mm-hmm. like we could talk about the cool things, cool boss fight moments. But when we really talk about the Legend of Zelda story-wise, do uh, really any of us know that by heart? Unless you're like a really die-hard Zelda fan. Yeah, yeah only there's not many die-hard fans, but I know there's a few I watch online that you know they they reference how certain games talk, feed off or talk to each other. But um, no, I'd say the game sells itself by gameplay. Yeah, uh, not based on. on uh, music is good too. I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
But yeah, I just uh, yeah, I, you know, so that's kind of a game Zelda game I'd like to see, and I, I'm a little jealous because I do want to play the new one, but I, I won't play the new one based on how <laughs> owning a system. Um, because it, 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 it's it's a defining moment of that game where it's changing. It's changing. It's not going to be your typical Zelda game. Yes. Uh, you know, jumping being one of the you know key pieces. Um, but I have references on NGR and a few other shows. Like, um, even if they just did it once, I wouldn't mind that. Or even a well, they probably just butcher this anyways. But I'd like to see that cool movie or uh, game that's realistic, um, just to see what it looks like. Uh, even though the game the game is beautiful, like the way the game Breath of the Wild looks right now, yeah, on the, it yeah, amazing. Can, <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Can I beautiful. say I will uh, I will watch an animated movie in the Breath of the Wild art style. Like I I would just watch a whole forty five to an hour and ten minute presentation. Like if someone if Nintendo ever decides to do that, <clears throat> I will watch that. Sorry about that. Well, it's kind of like, you know, uh, uh, what's that movie? Uh, Princess Mononoke or Mononoke? Mononoke. Mononoke. Yeah. Um, oh, one of my favorites. Uh, that's a that's a beautiful movie too, right? Yes. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't. well, I'll watch anything as long as it's entertaining and good story. Um, but sometimes when I go that genre, genre, you always have that annoying... Child <laughs> voice, oh, because uh, I could have rec- recommended the boy and the beast, but then I like let me not say that because when you said the child thing, you would kind of want to beat the child in that movie. But the but you uh, but the boy and the beast, uh, with the child, which is one of the main characters in there, you, he has to have that attitude, and you see why. Uh, it's it's such a good movie. Oh, it's. So, um, let's get into games that define the genre. And this one, uh, uh, some of the games will be uh, are on the list that you read this week. And some of them are just completely well, some of our favorites that we feel like that de- uh, define the genre. Um, so, Adam, I'm actually going to start. Um, I think for me, definitely, is Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger kind of changed the way of uh, role-playing uh, fighting mechanics. Of actually seeing seeing your boss and not having to go to a different screen to fight him. Like it was, it was there. They they got into um uh they got into uh, their fighting stance, and you just went out and fought. And you were only three people. You uh you know, and it dealt with time. Like there there wasn't a lot of people, a lot of games that that dealt with time. Um. Or set like just in a medieval setting, and I think Chrono Trigger changed all of that because it it just covered so much, uh, and it introduced new game plus. So uh, Chrono Trigger for me definitely defines uh, one of the games that define the genre. What about you? Yeah, I can. Oh, Furious before that, I guess, because I'd say Secret of Mana kind of did it first. Yes, uh, but I think. Uh, when it comes to like the fighting boss and stuff like that, but definitely Chrono Trigger brought the multiple endings, um, and and, uh, and I guess a part of the of choice too uh, that defined that changed the game. But uh, yeah, I think it's 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 having three 
uh, another thing with the secret of mana was you had three characters on the screen, but you could also play with two other people at the same time. Uh, the multiplayer. Uh, the multi-tap there back then. Yeah. Three of your, three of you could play through the game together. Um, and I did that with uh, a few of my buddies. Uh, <gasps> I'm jealous. Um, I think my buddy Greg and Corey uh, back then uh, and Jason. Uh, uh Many memories of just having sleepovers and uh, and playing the game, and, and that that would be like, oh, next Saturday you want to you know come over and yeah, for sure you know whatever because it was just uh, a defining um, finally get and there's many times uh, kind of goes to another topic, but like almost watching someone playing a game before Twitch came around, yeah, uh, you know you just go to your buddy's house and, and watch him play a game, and many times just watch him play a role playing game like. You know, you're invested as much as he is or she is, and you're not even playing the game. Um, but um, before that, games that define and it could it they could were, come they, from they're pretty sad that because I think after that you had um, it's almost like a, that era too with Super Nintendo is like you you got your this is where you got multiple kinds of role playing game. Yes. Uh, uh, and then you got different styles of. You can even think of Earthbound, um, where that was a quirky, weird uh, oh. role playing game with candy and, and, and whatever. But it was still a fun game. <laughs> it's it's uh, very challenging. Yeah, it was, it was. I can remember having just a tougher time. For some reason, Paladin Quest sticks in my head for some reason. Of, um, of being tougher and, okay. and stuff like that. Um, but games after that were like, you know, the obvious one is is is, uh, is FF7, and we talked about that, but uh, I think Tactics is 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 one of those games where it, it was a turn-based role-playing game, and I must have, I've beaten that game many, many times. Because uh, I remember just playing it, uh, you know, on the handhelds too. At some point, uh, I think that changed the genre too a little bit of how, you know, a role-playing game can be just more than, uh, you know, move your character around, t- you know, from screen to screen. Uh, it's battle after battle. So I think that was the defining moment. Uh, you, and, and then that's pretty much what brought on games. Um, Disgaea or Disgaea? Yeah, Disgaea. Yeah, um, and a few other games after that that were very similar um, to that. So I, I'd say any of the final, most of the Final Fantasy games have either defined um, the battle system or or the game gameplay itself. Yeah, uh, and, that, and uh, especially the PS One, they did that multiple times uh, on a few of their games um so i go tactics guess for me but um and final fantasy 7 brought in the multi disc for role-playing games like that's true like, yes oh well is that when they brought in cutscenes? um yeah when cut, final fantasy CJ, 7, yeah 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 because that was that was a yeah, because I like I, I used to close your eyes. I can spell picture like the train Midgar going going around, and uh, and that's why everyone got excited during that whole press conference last year with 
showing that off because it's it's a uh, the song and the um, the, the I guess the visual is it, it, nostalgia and memory are like <gasps> you know and and th- th- that was that game became a lot of people first RPG ever which which shocks me be like there's tons of great RPGs that you guys could have played before Final Fantasy 7 but I, I find well, it cool, but I find it so odd. I thought there was a lot of games after that. You know, you think of uh, oh, well, Vagrant Story, Chrono Cross. Oh, or, Chrono Cross, which uh, I stay in the garbage can that it came from. Oh, uh, Profile. Uh, yeah, like, uh, and there's ones that you don't like, too, but... Uh, like, <laughs> I like I like Wild Arms and Breath of Fire. And, okay, let's uh, address Wild Arms. Okay, I thought that game was hard from the from the get go. <clears throat> like I don't feel like they give you a fair chance to even grind or build up your character. I feel like they take off so much energy at the beginning of the game. Just like really, like you guys could go easy on me as uh, as enemies. Like, and that's kind of how I would feel about. Uh, Wild arts. That's the problem that I have with. See, I'm not a fan of like, um, I'm not a fan of three. Oh no, and, three is three is horrible. Um, I didn't like three as much. Like, I can't remember. Uh, Alter Code F, I think it was called, or something like that. I can't remember that one. I don't think I played five. Uh, on the PS2, I don't own that one actually. I have to try and get that because. Uh, but I, I I do remember playing through one and I and I think because I remember it so well because of the I think it was the tools or the items that you use uh-huh. in the game uh, to progress and I like that when they do it in uh, in role playing games and tales uh, does that too I like getting a not just a skill that you use in combat but a, a skill that you use in the open world to either open up a tra a door or uh to get across a plane or you know uh set something on fire uh you know to either do with a puzzle or whatever it's a different element of the role playing than just like here I'm going to cast fire on an enemy I, I love it when role playing uh does something out of the box like that uh you know cuz ultimately is like that's why when the game is all said and done you want to explore this world yes you know, um, and and that's why some people get upset with certain uh, role playing games when they become so linear. Um, and that was the fault of the the first Final Fantasy thirteen game, where it's very straight uh, walk from one side of the map to the other. Um, well, another problem with Final Fantasy thirteen for me personally is having a two party two person party system. Like it felt like that throughout the whole game. I'm just like. I, I don't like this. Like, you give me more enemies than you do my characters. Like, I want everybody, like, I want a three-party or a four-party uh, group so that I could use those three to fight the enemies. And it just felt like different parts of the game, section by section, it just felt, when it, even though it, it was linear, it kept giving me two people per, per, uh, two people per section. And it's just like, this is not right. See that's the way, and it failed to do it in the first game. With the second game, for sure, it it, it makes up for it. I think, um, and that's the paradigm system. Yes. Um, where 
yeah, you're literally switch. It's basically switching classes between your characters um, to do certain uh, certain functions. So it's turning one of your characters into a healer, turning one of them into a tank to take the damage, or or be a magic caster or whatever. Um, I like it when they add strategies or elements like that to the to the game because that completely changes the game. It's like, how did you play the game? Well, I, I had this build. Uh, and I beat it this way. Like, oh, I did it this way. And uh, mm-hmm. later on, when you beat the game, you're like, oh, wow, I, I struggled when I could have just done this one thing and it would have made the game much easier. But that's the experience of choice uh, of character, too, that, that, that changes the, your, your experience for the game. And, that, and I love that. Um, and people are always like, oh, that's, you know... Um, and I had to look up online a little bit to get more explaining uh, explanation of uh, of the paradigm system because it kind of just flew over me at first because it was just like X X X X. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention, and then like, it started to get further on in the game, and you're like, huh. So now I kind of like use that as a I don't really do that anymore. So when this new tales this this new tales game like it's pretty involved combat system. Um, and you could just do the bare minimum, but I find it will be harder for, for you if you don't switch out certain skills or yes. uh, uh, or even pay attention to uh, you know you can hold R one to see what the you know the enemies like or casting. Maybe I think it was I think Final Fantasy does this. There's a few other role playings where tossing an item on an on an enemy will give you his. Uh, his stats, you know, stuff like um, that. Uh, uh, Final Fantasy X, uh, the Tiger Protector, or the whatever Animal Protector it was, for um, uh, what's her name? I gotta look it up. Wherever the uh, the Protector was for that girl that's in your uh, in your uh, group, you could use this like Lancer, and it was still if if it worked, it was still their magic, and he'll be able to cast that magic. Right. So, um, um, I know this uh, is what I like about role playing games. It's like it's you don't know what you're getting into. So. Yeah, um, I know uh, Super Mario RPG. That was the first uh-huh. game. Uh, good game. Good game. Yes, um, first game to still use Mario platforming, but actually mix it into a role playing game from Square, from SquareSoft, no less. Like who, whoever thought they that would be. Uh, game that will put Mario in an RPG, and I also kind of want to add uh, Paper Mario and uh, and uh, Mario and Luigi. Like those, like those three kind of role playing games are all individual, um, and they all do something different. But I feel like Paper Mario uh, introduced the comedy, uh, different art style of Mario doing different tricks. And uh, Mario Luigi kind of just focuses on the two brothers uh, working together to do special moves. Like, that was kind of new and different for the Mario series. Uh, definitely for a first-party company with Nintendo, as Nintendo. Um, and with those being two major mascots, you know, I think that kind of <laughs> defines a little bit of the genre. And I must, I keep recommending Bowser Inside Story one of the funniest games, like like Paper Mario Thousand Year Door is funny, but Inside Bowser Inside Story is hilarious in its writing. I, and I kind of want to say that they brought comedy into our role playing games because you don't really get anything like that. See, I'm not a 
I'm not a fan of Paper Mario. I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's anything special. Uh, but Super Mario RPG is 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 a is a great role playing game, and I don't know why they have not made another one. Um, because that that game would sell easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I, it, okay. it, it it is what the people want. <laughs> I think it's it, it's, it's might a game have... that you see speed run. It's a game that. Um, yeah, it, it took the moves of the the platformers and it brought it into a, a role playing style game based on skill. You know, you got to play alongside your even Bowser with you, and, and you had a story driven from that. Um, it always makes me wonder because there's like that that would that if that's a game that you're you're gonna make that that would easily sell. Yes, and and, and it's weird because it's because like the company that. Or the system that doesn't have role playing, there's there's your number one role playing that you probably made with the help of Square. But uh, it it would surprise me that that's what people want. But uh, it's not. It's it, to me, it's not going to happen. Uh, if it did, it that would just blow me away. Oh, uh, I, I would be shocked. Like, to me, because then you you get your 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 typical your your Mario whatever games, but uh, yeah, I can, I can I I remember playing that one. Paper Mario to me is just it, it's uh, yeah I can I can understand the whole point like turning it into an airplane and, and doing the the first, but it, it's almost it, it's still almost a platformer at that point, you know yeah. just with it. I th- I think um, it was just a different art style, and something kind of oh well, for sure for sure like new yeah, for Nintendo, for sure. um because like they they haven't had like a really big hit in RPG besides besides Zelda, um because Fire Emblem actually took a long time and uh I I feel like Fire Emblem uh, Awakening uh really pushed uh Fire Emblem to the forefront uh with a lot of people and um. Uh, like because Fire Emblem was a very niche title, like it was hard in Japan, but that's what they liked about it. Um, here in America, it, it didn't sell well, but once they changed it up and Fire Emblem Awakening came out, it it blew out. So I think Awakening Fire Emblem kind of changed the genre of permadeath. Um, you know, because permadeath was like very serious. Like if your <laughs> character died, that was it. You know, all your investment that you put into that character, you lost. So that risk and reward was very serious. Is it? There's probably a new Paper Mario out now, right, for the Wii U? Um, I can't remember if they did or not. No, I think it's coming out. At, no, it's coming out next month, at the end of next month. Now, because uh, a certain game that when you uh, check out uh, DualShock, we'll definitely be talking about it. I don't want to say uh, what it is, but watch DNA DualShock. Um, since a certain game got delayed. Um, <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> uh, Paper Mario. October 7th. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Paper Mario uh, Color Splash is definitely taking over for that game. So that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, but I didn't won't. make you didn't didn't make you choose, and, yeah. and, and it, it stretches out your wallet. Uh that is true. But I got I, we got gears, and uh, what else is coming out that month? 
because I know you're doing Rise of the Tomb Raider. Um, uh, there's still uh, like November 29th, Final Fantasy 15 drops. Oh yeah, like, that so is that... right. But wasn't it another game that me and you were looking for for PS4? Uh, Tomb Raider, I know for sure was a big one. Yes. Um, coming I know, out. I know year. the Richard Three. I need to get for PS4. I still need to go out and buy that this week. Yeah, I think if I'm going to play that game, it's going to have to be done. It's going to have to be next year. Well, oh, the Richard I, Three. I just, yeah, I just uh, the few games that I want to play, uh, especially like with Destiny and. Uh, uh, the game I'm playing now, and you know, Guardian, FF, and, and, and Final Fantasy. I'm going to, you know, games like that. I want to do the extra stuff. I want to fight the ultimate weapon. And, yes. Because um, games like that, I don't. Um, I guess I go back to role playing. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of games that I will replay. Um, I have replayed role playing games, but there isn't many that I will go back. Uh, right away because of how long they take to yeah. to finish um and <laughs> and we're very fortunate in the era that we live in is we have so many video games to choose from oh yeah um, that when someone that, this is what i have it used to be an old age argument on both systems when, when systems launch is there are no games to play uh, and i'm sure it was just like there, there are so many video games to play. Mm-hmm. You're just not opening your eyes to, or coming out of your bubble. If you're just saying, oh, "I only play Madden or Call of Duty," then you're missing out. There's you are you are missing out as a gamer. Not saying you can't just play those games, um, but uh, and I certain I have been in that niche way back when because that was limited. Uh-huh. Uh, but now with uh, like yeah, like so many. There's so many good like, games out there. I still need to finish a Persona Four. Like, uh, like to me, it's time. Time. I don't have enough time <laughs> <laughs> to play the games. That's you know, especially being a father of two kids and, and working and stuff like that. It's yeah. just I, I have this amount of time in the evening, and I guess on most time I sacrifice sleep just to get my enjoyment out of the games, but. Uh, uh, I wish I had the time, but I do. I do joke. We, my wife and I, do joke about that. We do. Uh, we do remember five or six years ago, and we, we we might not go out entire all weekend long. That's just maybe to grab a Slurpee or something like that. <laughs> and we would, and we would game from nine thirty in the morning until like midnight. Oh, we just game wow. all day. I just remember we we played. Wild together at Lord of the Rings and Age of Conan, and uh, you know, because she didn't really play video games back then. She played The Sims until I introduced her to an MMO, and then I she got hooked. Um, <laughs> but uh, I do kind of miss those days. But uh, now I almost kind of like four hour sittings and then taking a little break and then coming back. But uh, yeah, but I will say that. What I like about this generation is the social aspect. I do like playing uh, with people as co-op, not you know competitively. That it still bores me. I, I, like someone's like, "Oh, you lost." Okay, you know. And I'll reference Overwatch. I gave it a chance this weekend, but I'll save my opinion for that on, on oh, Dual Shock. Oh, you know, uh, I need to hear that. I 
I, I <laughs> they dropped it in my queue for my Xbox One, and I didn't even touch it this weekend. I knew I wasn't gonna have no time to play, it, and I I didn't plan on playing it. So I can't I cannot wait to hear what you have to say for it. Um, yeah. So yeah, That's watch Dual Shock, everybody. Watch it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to um, I, the, the genre, I guess for now it's um, it's almost those RPG elements coming into other games too. Like, and I, I see that game like Mass Effect, where um, RPG elements have to find that genre and game. Um, it, it's not. Not just your typical uh, RPGs. I'm not saying JRPGs have taken a back seat and they don't sell, um, but certain ones that people didn't like back then, and uh-huh. I'll reference Persona, Persona um, where Persona now is 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 a mainstream title yes. that people know of. Uh, and back then, I remember in PlayStation One, where I'd be like, "Hey guys, I, I played this game," and they were like, oh, "That's terrible." Yes. Yeah, too challenging or you know it, it doesn't look fun at all but i'll be having a blast playing it <laughs> yeah, pers- uh, persona one as as I, is, I like to be I, I like to be punished i don't know <laughs> yeah persona one was weird to me because um because i had never heard of atlas at that time and i could admit that and their style of role-playing uh game was different than what i came to know and uh, I did rent it. I did give it a try. Um, I think it is available on PS for PS3. I think it's available on PSN. And I kind of want to go back and play it again and give it a fair. Because I think now I understand how a Persona game is should be played. I think I understand it better. And having that more understanding, I could go back and uh, play it. Because Persona 3 FES... It's perfect. Persona 4, I need to dive more in, and I can't wait for Persona 5. But Persona 3 FES, oh, just going through that dungeon, leveling up, uh, keeping my relationship. Uh, I kept my actually kept my relationship with one girl to get my uh, Link uh, all the way to, like, level 10, level 8 or 10. I think that's what it was. Like, I right. stayed with one person throughout that whole game. I didn't cheat or anything. It's, and I can see back then that people are like were completely turned off. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I I seem to like the weird ones. Like yeah, Beyond Beyond is another one that didn't go over too well with my friends. But I mean, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> did you beat it? Uh, I do remember beating it back then. Most most role playing games back then I did because I, I used to own most of them and then I traded up back then and I wish I would have kept them. Um, because I'm rebuying them back, <laughs> almost at the same price or just a bit less because I get deals every now and then. But uh, now I gotta uh, ask you: Did you try Star Ocean on a regular PlayStation One? Uh, no, I did not. I okay played the PS3 version, I believe. Because I, I played um, it on PS1, and ooh, goodness, that yeah, yikes. Yikes! As in, like, just mechanic-wise, or just boring. Yikes! In as in boring, the graphics, the mechanics is just like, uh, I don't want to say uh, Saga Frontier because that game is utterly garbage. Oh, do never play Saga Frontier. Watch someone do it on YouTube who who put themselves through that pain. 
uh <laughs> um so Rico Den is one I bef- I feel like that defined the genre. Oh. Uh and that was the one that defined the genre of collecting multiple characters, but yes. you're build you're building a, a fort or a castle. Yes. Uh, right? Uh, yes. That was an element in that game which I thought was cool. Um, um, I will say I've not played the sequel though, and I, I that's a hard game to come by. I know you can download it on PSN, but uh, it's a very expensive game right now. Yeah, uh, uh, I remember owning Sawika Den, but Sawika Den Two, I I did I didn't even know they had a Sawika Den Two. Uh, yeah, like I, I just remember uh, it was a buddy of mine that got that game. And he lent it to me, and then I eventually got my own copy. But uh, it was kind of like, I'm trying to think of it, like even the the art style around that game um, was kind of unique. Yeah. Um, you know, you weren't just this little sprite, or typically like you were you were long, lean and and uh, and tall, and uh, almost like gypsy in a way of like dragon quest dragon quest 8 i'm thinking of like how your character looks in that game yes uh uh, hey they're remaking and bringing back those ones i saw uh yeah it's coming up for 3ds next year uh dragon quest 7 is uh dropping the end of this month or sometime in october i think it's the end of this month but uh yeah, like it's just hard to talk about so many because there's so many great role playing games. Um, and I remember going back, you know, almost like when you go to a video store. I remember just trying to go play them all. Um, yeah. And, and it's nice to have that choice. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of. I mean, for me, I like certain games, like yeah, Xeno, uh, Xeno Gears defined. Uh, it was a defining game for me, personally. That's still one of my favorite role-playing games of all time. Um, That's the one that has the bunny rabbits crucified, right? Yeah, the robots and, and stuff okay. like that. Uh, uh, but, yeah, and I, I like having people that don't like certain games. Like, like I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy XII, and it was probably like the least favorite out of most of my friends that I know, but I was just like, did you not? Did you not follow the story? Because I thought the story was epic, and I, I, uh, yes, it was very political and stuff like that. But yes. I thought, you know, and I really had to replay that game. Even after beating it, I really had to replay that game to understand the story. Like it, it was kind of hard to follow. But I'm like, if you really pay attention, um, you talk about being political. You talk about backstabbing. Wow. Yeah, and and that's something like epic boss fight at the end, ending boss. And well, uh, I, I think because I was overpowered, the end boss wasn't wasn't that bad. But uh, that yeah. Sid fight, yeah. that yeah. Sid fight was outrageous. Yeah, that's the one thing. It's like um, it's almost like too when you know it, like. You can't wait to get the airship. Yeah. And uh, that's where part of me is. I don't know why I was expecting it, but like, 
in Tales of Symphonia, you got you get like a an airship to go between the worlds, and uh, I was kind of waiting for that Tyrion, but I'm like, kind of like, I'm like, well, you don't really, you don't really, do that. you really just kind of warp around from save point to save point, and, oh. and, and that's it. Uh, and I was kind of like, oh, I, I wanted to see the world from above, and especially now that um, Tales of Versia, or I'm going to butcher the name, Versailles, whatever, um, it's within the same timeline. So, uh, you know, it'd be kind of cool like if you could do that. But in that game, you don't get... Uh, I always I always love getting uh, an airship. You can go way back, like you go back to Final Fantasy 2 where you get the... Is a whale? A whale... Um, uh-huh. it's, a, it's a whale spa- uh, airship. So. Yeah. Comes out of the water and, uh, you know... You know that's that's pretty epic, and oh yeah, I was just talking about that game. Like, it was sacrificing characters. I'm thinking of Shadow uh, from Final Fantasy three or from Final Fantasy six, as they call it, um, sacrificing himself. See, uh, I oh yeah, that is right. Oh my goodness, I uh, forgot. Uh, that game, I I really need to re go through because uh, I love being up the Ghost Train, but that's the game that I need to finish. Especially, it brought in good like uh, spells like Exone and, and unique spells that you hadn't seen in different games. Yes, I uh, think your typical fire, ice, water, lightning, or um, uh, that's what I liked about Squaresoft is they brought in different uh, elements or uh, I guess unique spells, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, but for the future of role-playing games, I yes. think it will pretty much stay the same. Um, people want the the story, and uh, I, I try to think like how, like to me, like the story's not going to change. The battle systems will change and evolve, um, and and that's why I like about role-playing is not every game has the same battle system. And that's what makes it unique. And, and that's why I kind of like that even a series that switches up its battle system, I have no problem either. Because then, I mean, that's when you can judge. You're like, oh, I really liked it because of this one. And I, you know, and I, I'll reference a game like to me, like Final Fantasy VIII, loved the story, did not like the uh, the battle system uh, and the gunplay. Didn't like it. But every other one, I loved it. Uh, but I loved the story in that game. Uh, so I still play through it, but I, I just disliked it. It just that one didn't work for me, um, and that's uh, and that's and that's what I like about role playing games. Is like it, it's not I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with your typical um, you know waiting to to fight or hit the action. To, uh, there's there's still a, a niche for that, uh, um, but to me it. Your graphics are going to get better. I think your combat systems are evolve, mm-hmm. um, but uh, it's still going to have the same to me, the same formula. Uh, that to me, that's not going to that's not going to change. Um, but yeah. to me, like when I get to the, when I get to the stage now, it's just like I wish they would go back and remake this game, uh, yes. uh, or the or same formula. Like I was, I was wondering like. Why don't we have an illusion of Gaia or a Soul Blazer or an Act Razor 
or a new ogre battle or uh, just or a Lufia. Like it can be the same formula that they use, but just updated graphics and whatever. Uh, I I'd still play that game. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But, yeah. uh, I think it's still gonna follow its path. But I don't like. Hmm. I still want the uh, like the JRPs to, to stay the way they are. I don't want them to conform to Western. Um, oh, so like, you know, they want yeah. their shorter games and stuff like that. I'm like, I want both. Um, just because I don't have much time to play, sometimes I, I still want that epic story and that epic fight and any even grinding in games. Uh, don't take that away. Uh, um, but there's not many that disappoint me you know I will see that there's not many and I do want to mention working design they them as a company they really helped do a lot of JRPGs it just wasn't Atlas or Square Software in uh, Enix but oh uh, yeah I just Alundra oh yes still trying still trying to get a hold of that game oh uh, uh, I have it. I have it on PS3, the, the digital version, but I don't have a physical copy yet. Uh, but yeah, yeah just, uh, that was that was a defining uh, game too. Or almost almost like a Soul Blazer, updated Soul Blazer. Yes. Uh, top down um, skill base, um, and moving around action style. But um, yeah, because I'm, I'm just thinking that the logo that was just in my head, working design. I'm trying to think what other games that they did come out at that at that age. Um, uh, not Arc to Lab. Uh, let me check it. Yeah, because working design, they were kind of big on the Sega Genesis, and uh, they uh, were big on the Saturn. Like they had a lot of good. Oh, and the, they got the guys from Luna. That's it. Working yes. designs. That's it. It's like, yeah, what do I know? Like, duh, duh. Yeah, because they started with TurboGrafx-16, Sega CD, Sega Saturn, and PS1, PS2. So famous for Luna for sure. Um, and I'm trying to think what else that I played of theirs. That our um, Ark the Lad. Yes, I did play through. I own the PlayStation 1 games, but I've never played through them, but I did play through the PS2 ones. Um, Magic Knight Ray Earth. That's what yeah, it Girl was. Girl oh. Lancer is a, is a game I see out there. It's it's like Lunar, where it's like almost 100 bucks for the game itself. Because um, it had that crazy... Uh, came in a big box. And, and, it, and that's what I liked about it. I don't really see that now, where like the role-playing games used to come with like a cloth map. Yes. You know, or, or like a cool pin and stuff like that. Um, that disgusting collector's edition on day one is a whole other can of worms, but uh, back then you had your collector's editions and they were, uh, they actually meant something. Um, and those were pretty cool. I can think of the lunar ones, especially. Um, but yeah, they were, uh, so did they? Oh, they defunct in two thousand five. Yeah, <laughs> and um, that's when Gaijin and Works came. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but with that, so every- 
Oh, um, with that, everybody, that is the show. I want to thank my special guest, Adam McGill. Um, Adam, go ahead and plug away. Thank you. Hey, you can find me and check me out at Fallen Little Angel on uh, my own YouTube, uh, Twitch, and Twitter Facebook page under Fallen Little Angel. And uh, you can see me alongside with the DNA Network gang uh, on the DNA Network YouTube page uh, with our Dual Shock show that we do every week. We talk about PlayStation, what's going on, and the news and games coming out, and what we've been playing. So you come check that out. If you have a question, leave a question for us on our Facebook page, and we'd love to either have you on the show or discuss your question that you do have if you're shy. Um, but otherwise, not, uh, and my PSN name is Little Underscore Angel. Yes. It, like I said, check out his streams. Uh, like tells us the stereo and some other games. Um, he, he's amazing. You have to, you guys have to see his collection of games. It's fantastic. It's beyond fantastic. I have to do it. I have to do a, I think I have to do a video. I don't have a video camera, and I, I think I have to do a, a me walking around. <laughs> with my, with my, uh, it's getting, at least now it's finally getting sorted, which is, which is nice. And, uh, I'm quite happy with my Disney Infinity coming up right now. <laughs> yes, I see. I seen the picture uh, that you posted today, and I'm just like, yes, I can feel it getting filled. <laughs> it looks so good on the wall too. Yeah, that's what I say. Like, it's like it's now that I got more shelves in here. I'm like, yeah, the more game stuff can go on the shelf, and it's coming off the the, the boxes. So it's, I'm quite proud of my collection. Did it you get the happy. Did you get the new shelves? Did you get the um? Because I know you said you was going shopping. Uh, I did. Oh, oh so you did get them. them? Okay. I installed them on Sunday, and uh, I uh, they've already got stuff on them. I got my because uh, <laughs> I, I bought because um, they were clearing out the Disney Infinity uh, starter kits or whatever and toy boxes this weekend. Um, I picked up the PS4 versions, and the, I was missing one of the PS3 versions, so uh-huh. uh, I have them all. <laughs> So the only one I'm missing right now is a PS3 version of 3.0 with the Star Wars starter pack. Okay. They didn't have any left, but I have a PS4 version, which I got for like $10, which is like one. Because <laughs> they were still... like $80 back in the day. But I, I wish that, I, yeah, there, was, there was a lot of Wii, there was a lot of Xbox 360s, and I was uh-huh. like, oh, no PS3. And I'm like, I got the PS4 one, I grabbed it, I was happy with that. Um, but I'm like, I mostly collect for PS3 when I'm like I, I I'll just I'll look online if I if I can get it dirt cheap I will but I'm not gonna rush to get it but I'm like it has to complete my PS3 collection because <laughs> I know I have a lot of the PS3 ones but I don't know do they run on the regular uh, PlayStation 3 in Canada? We do. We just sold out at the Toys R Us I went to. Oh so, so oh because we have it here so. Uh, Cause like we got that one, and then we got like the special set that was like a hundred and fourteen dollars for a uh, PS4. Yeah, yeah, I think that included like Luke and Leia uh, and a few other things, but uh, I figured I'd stay away from that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but I bought the other starter kits and the, and the toy boxes, so I, I got those up. Um, and then I got to put my Skylander superchargers up at some point. Yes, um, but I, I think I might stop there for a while for because I kind of ate the wallet for a bit, and I want to get back to uh, 
building more in my collection on PS3, but um, I am noticing a lot of my game stops. I have a lot of the uh, the games, but uh, now I'm more seeking, seeking deals than anything else. Oh, it's uh, in Canada? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, yeah, I'm literally 700 PS3 games, and it's epic and awesome, but uh, now I'm, like, kind of going after the mainstream ones now. Uh-huh. I have a lot of the rares. Um, so, like, games I'm referring to that are mass-produced, like your Call of Duties, your, even your Bioshocks, whatever. Um, so, recently, I picked up a few of the Call of Duties because they were literally 3 or $4, and there's, like, 15 of them on the GameStop shelf. Dang. That's, to me, that's the time when you buy <laughs> games like that. But I still see new games come out, and uh, and some of them are, like, $40, $50. And uh, I just wait because like, I know no one's gonna buy it. <laughs> exactly. Then just wait for and, it to go down. And I just wait for it to go down, and then uh, and then I'll pick it up. Um, but I will say, like, usually if it's a a niche role playing game like Trials of Cold Steel that just came out this week, uh-huh. uh, there's probably me, maybe another person that probably bought that game, or they probably didn't get many copies in the, in the store. Uh, I know they had a few Vita copies too, uh, oh, cool. but. Uh, uh, but yeah, like to me, it's that's good. Like it's good when you go to a place that knows you, and, and they save something for you, uh, which is kind of cool. So that's awesome. Well, you guys can check out this podcast, Optional Opinion, and more at uh, the Nominous Radio Network dot com, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and other podcast apps. Um, thank you, Adam. Um, you guys can check out last week's podcast with me and my special guest, John O'Hagan, about the uh, beauty of sports games. And next week, got a special, special guest to help me talk about platform games. So tune in to that. Once again, thank you, everybody, for reading all the blogs. Um, and let me know what you guys think about role-playing games and the beauty of them. You can email the show at myop2comment at yahoo.com, M-Y-O-P, the number 2, C-O-M-M-E-N-T at yahoo.com and you can follow me on twitter at that retro code and with that everybody we are out peace